Hey guys, just really quick, we wanted to let you know this coming episode is a live podcast we recorded at North Carolina Comic Con, and unfortunately we had some issues with the audio in this one, just at uh, the crowded room and everything like that. It ended up our mics sound pretty muted, but we do think it was some great content, so we hope that you can muscle through some of the audio quality and enjoy the show. You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Welcome to Finding God in Phantom. Hey y'all, how we doing? Yeah, we're you live from North Carolina Comic Con in Durham, North Carolina. And uh, yeah, we are Systematic Ecology. We are your priest of the week for our podcast. Uh, and when we say priest of the week, it doesn't mean that we're all priests. Some of us are not ordained, but what we mean by that word priest is that we see ourselves as mediators and curators uh, between those things that we geek out on and the bigger questions of theology and philosophy that most of the stories that we consume in the geek verse and in fandom um, really hold within it uh, some, some big questions that religion and philosophy ask as well. And we're not saying that Jesus is under every uh, geeky rock, but often these stories we geek out on and consume um, often contain these, these big stories like, what does it mean to be human? Uh, what makes a hero? What makes a villain? What's the problem of evil? How can I, is there a purpose in this universe? And do I have a calling to a greater purpose? So all those things revolve around most of the stuff we can get on. And so we're really excited that we can be a part of North Carolina Comic Con to be a part of their panels. And uh, thanks to Alan for giving us this space uh, to have these conversations. And uh, yeah, we're going to go down, we're going to treat this like a normal systematic ecology podcast in the sense that we'll share who we are what we're geeking out on, and lift up some topics. And then at the end, if we have time, we probably will lift some questions from you all of some of the things you geek out on and some of the questions that you wrestle with or that you see in those things that uh, you're really fans about. So I am Will Rose. I am from Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Been a part of systematic ecology since its origin. And we'll talk about the origin story in a minute. Who else do we have here with us today? Yeah, uh, I'm Joshua Newell. I am uh, one of the guys who kind of do this with Will. That's right. Um, I, uh, yeah, uh, just kind of adding to what you were talking about earlier, you know, I, I'm a big, like, Kingdom Hearts, Darkwing Duck, um, all of our drinking contests. I drink every time you mention Uh, all things like, uh, Marvel. I'm a huge Disney guy, you know, I've got lots of different fandoms. Um, but one one of the things that I, I really enjoy, because we're talking about like that intersection of faith and fandom, I love thinking about that intersection in the spaces where there's definitely no God. I like these like exponential comics and stuff that exploit this. Hey, everything does kind of seem like there's no meaning and it's all pointless. And for me, how do I wrestle with that as a Christian thinking about myself without putting that into a comic that's not there? You know, so we're trying to be genuine with what the material says, but then also genuine to ourselves. We're kind of talking about that intersection. Yeah, yeah. Well, well yeah, go to more Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I didn't mean to start a whole yeah. thing. I joined the podcast like, Hundred some episodes there about. Yeah, so I wasn't there. Yeah, at the beginning, but <laughs> the real beginning. <laughs> been having a lot of fun since then. I'm my primary fandom. Imagine how the Spider-Man. That's why he's my avatar for the show. Uh, also digging the anime, movies, Star Wars, Star Trek, all over the place there when it comes to sci-fi. So yeah, I recently found out. I think yesterday that was apparently Godzilla's birthday, according to the commercials I was what? hearing. Yes, comments. How old is Godzilla? Yeah, uh, I was at Fantastic. some. Nice place with some college friends, and got to see Destroy All Monsters, my favorite Godzilla movie, because it's nice. a crossover. Well, yeah, of course I love crossover. There we go. All right. 
Awesome. And I'm Kevin Schaefer. I joined like a few months ago because Will and I have known each other for a while. So he invited me on. Um, and I've been really having a great time since then. Um, fandoms are kind of all over. You can see two represented right here, Lord of the Rings and DC. Um, but then, you know, Star Wars movies, um, DC Marvel, kind of all over. Um, and yeah, no, I really like, like, I mean, I think we have really good, respectful conversations with each other and like exploring those ideas. And um, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Yeah, so Kevin and I go back. Uh, we both uh, from the Triangle area and have been involved with Carolina Comic Con uh, for uh, a good long time. We've been on some panels before, even before this podcast. And so we brought Kevin on because we know he's a person of faith, but also uh, has very good geek cred. Like, man, he, yeah. he's got it. And and I think kind of our, our goal with our podcast and what we want to do in this space at North Carolina Comic Con is to um, just share openly that, yeah, you have permission to be both a geek and a person of faith. Often we tend to like, think that it has to be an either or, or you have to choose one or the other. But we're like, no, you can be a geek and a person of faith, and they can be a part of your life. And our posture uh, with this podcast is to show and model for others. And often, I don't know if you guys know this or have experienced it, but often in fandom and the geekverse, there can be some toxicity. I don't know if you've ever experienced it. Maybe? <laughs> uh, and unhealthy conversations. So we try to model for, for people of faith and of all, wherever you are on the spectrum of faith or in your fandom, that uh, you know, we can have healthy conversations around these things, even if we disagree, even if we're like, no, you have a bad <laughs> idea, Joshua, about The Last Jedi or whatever, we can still be friends and brothers, even if we disagree uh, about, about some fandom. And so we try to model that for others. Um, again, just having fun to geek out with each other. And, and our origin story was is that Joshua heard me on another podcast, invited me on his podcast called The Whole Church, we really talk about faith and science stuff. And then in the midst of that conversation, uh, we started talking about comic books and sci-fi and Star Wars. And you're like, you know what? We should do a podcast about geeky stuff. I'm like, there, there's some out there. And we'll give resources at the end of other people who do this stuff well. Um, but he said, you should do this podcast. And like, not just me. How about you, Joshua? You be the leader. You edit. You do the work. And I'll just talk to the microphone. I edit <laughs> Christian leads. Um, <laughs> right. No, I... Uh, what was funny about the, the origin too, and that we don't we talk about the origins a few times. Um, yeah. This is actually in our show we're doing like a year of origins. We're exploring like the cosmology and the beginnings of all of our favorite universes. We did like Marvel. I think we did Star Trek, right? Yep. Star Trek, Star Wars. Recently, we did like a Dawn of the Jedi review. Um, but no, when we talk about our origins, we usually don't mention like the reason we got on the comic book stuff in the whole church podcast, which is like ecumenical. How can churches not be jerks to each other? Kind yeah. of premise. Um, and I always start with a silly question. And so many times people are like, Josh, you got to cut that silly question, man. This is a serious show. And I'm like, no, I love the silliness. silliness and I do research for the silly question. I was like, this guy likes comic books. So the silly question is going to be like, like, would you rather Spider-Man throw a pie in your face or, you know, something silly, just stupid. I don't like, we actually started to talk about it. No, it was, um. Who's your favorite Great Lakes Avenger? Was that it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Favorite Great Lakes. And uh, it was just so funny because it, it turned into like a real conversation. And I was like, I guess we'll, um, we should keep doing this. Could, the silly part was my favorite part. Keep peeking out with each <laughs> yeah. other and, and do that. So yeah, it was an excuse to hang out on the internet and, and do those things. So that's that's kind of our posture and what we try to do. And um, Chris, I don't know if you want to add anything else and kind of why we do what we do and, and what's the purpose of this of this podcast and really kind of this panel too. So. Yeah, well, you hit a lot of the really good points that Fandom kind of sucks sometimes mm -hmm. because fans people can like get a little far. So yeah, they get a little too 
attached to what they love <laughs> and aren't willing to hear new ideas or if there are really bad ideas being done, they get super aggressive about it rather than offering constructive criticism. So I I'm doing my best right now for her to maybe Spider-Man run to be a very positive person. Uh, I don't like them, but I know there are a ton of people that's selling well. People are loving the books. Like there's people in this audience right now that love what's happening. So I can't look at them and say, hey, I hate you because you have a different opinion than me. Because I feel so strongly that the main character is happening. Well, you're enjoying the characters who are there. So that's where we stand. Yeah. So we have a room full of around 20, 30 people. Uh, just lift up uh, some fandoms that, that you can get out. Your your favorite fandom. Just lift it up. Which, which your favorite one? Out loud. G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. Awesome. Others. Transformers. Transformers. Nice. Got to be others out there. Comic books. Batman. All right. All right. Others. One Piece fans. One Piece fans? Hey, there, <laughs> there we go. go. Um, Ahsoka, Star Wars. Anybody like that one? Yeah, your hands. Anybody geek out on Across the Bifrost, my favorite Marvel themed podcast? <laughs> Anybody? Uh, there you go. There's five. Uh, why aren't we filming? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, let's see. What else, what else we got there? Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Did you do that just because you knew what Josh was going to do? Yeah, yeah that's, know, that's the real reason we're here today to talk about Star Trek. No, Lord. it's not. Oh, we're talking about that. Uh, Loki. Anybody watch the Loki series out there? Yeah? Yeah? Good. Um, yeah. What's that? South Park. South Park. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Other anime stuff. What's that? South, South Park. Park. There you go. Cool. Stranger Things. Stranger yeah. Things. Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Oh, it's Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. And that's what we said, that everybody geeks out on something. And so whether it could be like mainstay, secret timeline, Marvel Universe, or it could be like a deep cut um comic book hero or uh comedies or yeah there you go uh or or sitcoms or anime there's a lot of gaming there's so much there's no shortage of of content in terms of what we geek out on and we do our best to not geek shame anybody say what are you geeking out on let me know more we're more curious about the question of what why is this appealing to you why do you find this funny why do you find this helping you go deeper into life and the big big questions and so so yeah that's 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 what we share that's what we do yeah that's um one of the things I really love about our show, like I, it's, it's funny because I feel like I was really involved in the beginning and like these days I do like two episodes a month or something. Like I edit, but uh, yeah, we have like 12. Appreciate right? like the star now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, it, it's so fun because we started this with whole church, different things. And now we have, is it like 12 different hosts? We have some, I would say very progressive Christian thinkers as well as some really conservative Christian thinkers. Um, we've got people who, don't like the last jedi we got people who love the last jedi uh, you know the, the only thing i think we don't have i've yet to to see anyone who is a um a supporter or defender of the live action avatar the last airbender movie i've not seen that yet. any fans any fans no. out there that, does that exist oh we no, no 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 <laughs> we're burning the stake that's right Oh, uh, Christian, no. The conservative campaign. Again, again, what are we modeling here? Uh, Christian, I'm going to ask Kevin a question now. Kevin, yeah. all right, so your avatar for our show is Kanan, right? Yeah. Kanan from Rebels, and you yep. watched Ahsoka. What were some of the themes of Ahsoka? Uh, I assume you finished it. There's going to be mild spoilers here for if you haven't seen this. So we're trying to do big time spoilers, but what were some themes in that show, or, or even Rebels itself, that that connected with you, that help you go deeper in some of the bigger questions we all wrestle with. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, like, yeah, Kanan is my author. I've got an Ahsoka keychain on my wheelchair. Two of my favorite characters in Star Wars, and, like, a little background on myself is, like, yeah, I'm one of the more progressive 
um, on the show. And like, um, and I like that we have those respectful conversations because like, yeah, I go to a very progressive church that's LGBT inclusive and like, um, and we're, I like that we bring up those topics and we're not afraid to discuss. And so, um, yeah, I, what I like about Canon and Ahsoka in particular is that they adhere to what it means to be a Jedi, but they, um, because of their experience, particularly Ahsoka, with her experiences with the Jedi Order and how she, you know, was like a devout follower for a long time. And then, you know, I mean, like, I don't want to go huge spoilers here, go back to Clone Wars to see why she leaves and why she has this fallout with yeah. the more dogmatic principles. Um, and so that resonates with me, but like she, but she also doesn't like turn on that side completely. She's like, is able to become a Jedi um, in her own right, uh, like find its own path. Um, they, and Kanan, similar to, he's a survivor of Order 66, and he never really was able to complete uh, his training in the old order. And he had to, um, you know, learn just to survive for the longest time. And then um, what I, one of my favorite things about him too is like the relationship he has with Hera, who's one of my also favorite characters in Rebels and Ahsoka, is that, you know, because like you look at um, the movies and like how um, if their Jedi are forbidden to have romance and have all this, and like, and you look at it and, and like, and you're like, well, because Anakin has that and he falls on the dark side, but Kanan is proof that no, you can still care for people and actually that becomes a strength for him um, rather than a weakness. And he, you can have that kind of caring, deep relationship of like on a romantic level and like the friendships and the, um, the mentor apprentice relationship he has with Ezra, and it does not destroy him. It ends up being a great saint, and um, I don't really want to spoil what happens in that. So watch it. Um, if you have it. Um, but but it, those themes really carry throughout Ahsoka, and we got into that a lot on an episode a few weeks ago um, yep. when we were talking about the series as a whole. And you have kind of this um, instead of just this like black and white Jedi and Sith, it starts to explore force users who have different ideas about what their purpose is and how they, you know, Balan Skull is a prime example, Ahsoka's a prime example. Yeah. And so I really liked how the show explored those themes. Um, and I think that resonates with me pretty clearly, like my sister's church and stuff. And like, yeah, so I love being on this podcast. And um, like, and also like, I just want to add this, because Will, you were talking about earlier about like, it, there's it, it, giving people permission to be geek and a person of faith at the same time. When I tell people that I have a group from church and we do a Star Wars RPG every month. The, some people outside are like, what church do you go to? Like, they're like, they're just like surprised that like, cause you know, we, I'm saying like, um, many people have been through the, like, you know, the Indies, Satanic and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And like, and we're able to on the show talk about horror properties and all a really diverse range of stories and examine um, the themes within those. So that's what I really like being a part of here. Yeah, well said, Kevin, that, that's good. And I, I think with Ahsoka, it does, give this broad spectrum of kind of the Jedi religion from, you know, it, it doesn't, in terms of their experience with the Force, there's different ways people in the actual Star Wars universe wrap their identity around that, and whether the same way it mirrors kind of how we do church or communities of faith today. And so I think it really does lift up that. And if you watch, how many of you watch the whole series of so all the way through? Yeah, they're, they're, they're baptismal imageries of like dying to oneself and rising to new life. There's a blatant, um, like, Jonah reference of hopping in a whale and going somewhere. <laughs> like, yeah. all those things. I'm, like, I'm pointing at the TV, like, that uh, 
DiCaprio meme. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and so all those things are pretty blatant, but I think it also gets to the nuance of how we handle life and relationships and disappointment. And when we, we are hurt by um, faith communities or just community in general, and then how do we find healing? It really goes into that and have lots of lightsaber fights. And that's what I'm there for. Really what I'm there for. Um, yeah, do you want to go into like One Piece now? Talk a little bit about One Piece. Are you one uh, Christian? Are, are you a One Piece person? Oh, indeed. You, I am. All right, all right. What What are some themes and what we'll be there? Like, I was not a One Piece person until I got into this podcast. I didn't realize that this is uh, a manga that's been going on since the 90s. Yep. And uh, the anime has like thousands of episodes of, of anime cartoons and they just made the live action on Netflix. How many of you seen? Live action on Netflix, One Piece. How many of you read any of the manga? Oh, yeah, there we go. Some of the anime. Yeah, yeah, they've tried to lure me in, but it's a long haul. Christian, what are some themes there in One Piece that lift up um, kind of what we're doing here and how do we go deeper with the questions? It goes big into freedom and like what personal freedom means to people versus, well, how far do we go with that? What is acceptable to be free and what is not acceptable to be free? Is a rigid government, can you have freedom there? Or is there a way, total anarchy, the way to go? Like, and one of the things Luffy, main character, is really big on is respecting others people, other people's rights to do what they want so long as they're not hurting anybody. Mm-hmm. And that's something that the church do a lot better overall when it comes to things that aren't sinful. When it comes to things that I personally don't like, well, they're not sinful, so I don't get to say, you don't get to watch this. You don't get to listen to that. Like, let people love what they love within reason. And that's one of the things you kind of learn with Luffy. He's like, hey, um, if you're real excited about what you're doing, if you're having fun, you're bringing joy to other people, guess what? Who's your biggest supporter? It's going to be him and his crew. If you're doing something that causes someone to lose their freedom, you're their biggest enemy. You're public enemy number one. They will declare war on the entire world if it means respecting someone else's freedom. And I really appreciate that. I served someone who destroyed the entire world's sense of control just to bring us back to life. Yeah, and the premise is around like pirates, and that's like your favorite fandom, Joshua Pirates. You really like pirates. You love pirates. You do love pirates. And so so here's an anime I'm fan of right now. What what is it about the pirates and this particular crew on this ship and their quest that that appeals to you in this in the series? Well, Luffy just is me, so that that helps a lot, you know. Um, Like I'm Luke Skywalker. uh, (laughs) No, no, I actually I started this series, the show as a whole because I'm not really a big anime guy, but. Back in high school, one of my friends was like, you got to watch this show because I think you might be the main character. And then I watch it. He like starts off bursting out of a barrel for some reason, just starts punching people that he's like, I need me. But I'm like, you know what? Okay, yeah, I feel it. I like this guy. <laughs> um, but no, I for, for me, piracy is you, you got to make a distinction, really. Um, were they going to like 16 to 1800 centuries pirates, which is kind of what we think of when we're doing this show is kind of a mock-up of that. Um, there are obviously very terrible, awful players at, at work. That's just how it works. Um, but in the world, like real history, we lived in a lot of suppressive governments, different things like that. And if you look into the history of piracy, you'll see um, the place that women had the most agency look, was going to be on a pirate ship. Um, that's why a few women literally just hijacked a ship and went out to sea because if I can't in my own country live how I want to live, you know what I'm going to do? Screw that country. I'm going to go become a pirate. Um, Pirates would often free slaves because they're going to work for you because otherwise they're going to be slaves. So they come and join the pirate crew. So you get like really diverse groups when you look at the history of pirates real time in American history. 
And that same theme, even though it's a very different world in One Piece, is what you see. You see Luffy's going through the government suppressive. All these things are evil. Yeah, there still are evil pirates. But then you have Luffy, who's literally like, um, no, I just I want to say that I'm the king of the pirates and screw everyone who's being bad. Like, yeah. it's just so basic sometimes. But then you get um, like recently we recorded, we're about to drop an episode about the Drum Island arc of the anime and manga without any spoilers. Uh, he's recruiting another crew member. I know you talked a lot about that with me recently. Is like the parallel have Luffy called people out to how Jesus called his disciples out. And thinking about that in context of what happens on Drum Island, if you're familiar with the anime or manga, man, he calls someone friend who's never heard that word before. Mm. He bleeds for someone who has never seen someone care about it before. And just thinking of that in context of you putting Luffy as doing that call story, it just it shook me because I'm like rewatching it. And I'm like, yeah. oh man, how powerful the word friend can really be. Uh, man. I love that. And, and in one piece, I, I've only watched, I've dabbled a little bit in kind of the anime, but more the, the Netflix live action. I was just a, I love teen books, whether it's X-Men, whether it's Justice League, whether it's the Avengers. Um, I, I like teen books because, yeah, individual heroes on their own have superpowers. They have gifts. They have abilities. They use for a greater purpose out in the world, but often there's uh, a threat that is greater than them. So they have to bring their team together that is bigger than the actual threat that's, that's coming. And so I love to see how those group dynamics, team dynamics work with each other in these books and, and movies. And when I was watching One Piece, that I couldn't help but go to Jesus calling disciples for the first time. Come and follow me. I got some way. They didn't. They just dropped their nets and followed. They, they Somebody respected them enough or looked at them and said, you're you're worthy enough to come and be with me. I value you enough. I need your gifts. And so within this one piece, he's calling his team together. He's calling his crew for a greater purpose, greater than themselves. And no one's really called them before. I looked at them as, as a, to want them to be a part of a family. They're these kind of loose cannons around the way. They're kind of too. But then like, how do you, um, how do you call that together and become a family? And we see that kind of with, with us here as we're, we're a group of hosts from different backgrounds and, traditions and yet we come together for a greater purpose and i know all of us have different families and friends and communities that you're a part of that you value uh that help you be a better person who you're you're called to be um yeah all right kevin down there on the end yeah uh have you been watching loki no not yet but i would i like i know it's you know, i was gonna say can i bring up some of the horror stuff for a absolutely okay yeah. so who here watches like any of the Mike Flanagan properties, like, okay, yeah, 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 like, Tommy Bill House and stuff. I bring this up because Christian and I have had some really good conversations about these, and, like, I don't know, this is another thing where, you know, I think a lot of churches say, like, oh, you can't watch horror or anything like that, and um, I've actually found some of the, like, most enlightening spiritual conversations and topics, like, come across in a lot of horror properties, especially the Mike Flanagan, and I use, like, Midnight Mass as an example, which is a great show, show highly recommend. Um, and Christian yeah. and I have talked about this and, you know, you can look at that on paper and think like, oh, that's a criticism of like any type of religion stuff. And really it's not because it is like the basic premise of this series is set on this off the coast island and there's this religious cult that um, is amassing a huge, like uh, planning the massacre and um, controlling everyone there. Uh, but what I really like about Mike Flanagan's storytelling is he counteracts that with characters who are genuine people of faith and um, and saying that, like, yes, there are the religious zealots who kind of twist and contort scriptures to manipulate people. And then there are others who actually use it for loving and 
community. And um, and I mean, it, we've talked about it forever, like Mike Flanagan's an atheist, and I think he's written a lot of Christian characters better than um, even some Christian <laughs> filmmakers. Like, right. I mean, like, yeah. um, because he's not going with like trying to say one is better than the other, but he's trying to say that, like, no, there are people who have different uh, beliefs and can still be respectful toward one another. And he does it there and especially in Midnight Club as well. Um, I think really well. But um, yeah, sorry to go off topic for that, but I'm yeah, not I'm behind on Loki. I know I've, I've heard it's great, but, but I do want to bring that up because that's another thing where I believe that, you know, those kind of um, taboo topics, like in a lot of churches that say, you know, you shouldn't watch those or I think actually have a lot of merit to them. And we've had great discussions on those properties. Yeah, I, um, man, one, one thing I love about fandoms in general. So we're talking about like the Mike Flanagan and how he handles like Christians, Catholics, you know, et cetera. Talking about One Piece, who are the pirates, who's the government. A lot of times our fandoms, and the good writers anyway, challenge our labels. You know, yeah. it's not pirates are the good guys, government's the bad guys. If you watch One Piece, because, you know, there are government players who are like, oh, wow, that's, um, if the government was that, it would be good. And then there's pirates that you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Pirates are still bad guys. Um, and then you're watching these, you know, same thing with like the church, not church, thinking about X-Men. Um, being a mutant or not does not make bad guy, you know, like these labels, especially for someone who did grow up way more conservative than I am now. I'm still pretty conservative. Um, but, you know, I, I grew up with a lot of people doing that kind of dismissive argument of, oh, I don't like what you said. So now I'm just going to you're a Marxist. You know, well, that's not you're not really <laughs> engaging in conversation <laughs> now. You're just calling a name and then moving on. And yeah. that's one thing that fandom just doesn't allow you to do. You can't say, oh, you're a pirate, you're a good guy or a bad guy. Because that's just not the case. Yeah, and I, and I think also how we handle our fandom online and message boards um, can also dictate in terms of that, that kind of boldness in terms of we hide behind uh, anonymous message boards and lash out at people or smash the dislike button on people or try to cancel. I think what we're trying to do here is have conversations with us around to model that for others, even if we do come from different backgrounds and things. And, and same way that we're having here, creating this space be in a room to share what we like and geek out and then hopefully be have a, have a meal with somebody to have a conversation, to ask questions, be more curious about who they are and what they're geeking out rather than quick to label or, or the danger of the sing, sing, danger of the single story, just to label them. That's who you are. And that's, that's all you're about. There, there's more to me uh, than just, you know, my thoughts on the last Jedi, but also like, um, <laughs> you know, in terms of how much I, I adore, uh, Star Wars, and that was the first movie I saw in the theater in 1977 as a five-year-old. I know it's hard to believe I'm that old. Stop. Uh, but I, uh, but yeah, that's a big part of who I am. So I have this, you know, a long time with this story, and so the reason I sometimes get frustrated with it is because it's so much close to my identity and, and who I understand to be. I think faith can be that that way too. Yeah, Will brought up a really good point. It is, it's so easy to hate something like. People have been following the show. There's, there's only two things I rate a negative one out of ten. That's the Last Jedi and Spider-Man: One More Day, where he sells the marriage to the pistol. <laughs> you know, what a good character should do, you know, because he's the hero. But if all I ever do is focus on how bad those things are, in my opinion, I deny someone like I don't know how, but there's someone out there who might enjoy One More Day because of the stories that it led to. Um, sure, you, we can have that. I'm not a fan of how that happened, but I could have a conversation with them and then just say, oh, you like this? Well, we have nothing in common, even though before we might have been talking about, you know, we're both Braves fans or, you know, we saw the newest Star Wars movie or whatever. And then suddenly when there's something that's a point of contention, 
we can just look and go, oh, well, that defines you versus everything else we had beforehand. I'm going to get rid of you for my life. That way I only keep the good things I like. That's not how people work. There's not a single person in this world I 100% agree with, not even myself. And, and the reason I brought Loki, I, I think it's a good show. Yes, within the MCU as the Disney Plus streams, it's my favorite right now because of season two. It's become my most favorite kind of online streaming MCU property because of the story they're telling. But but this whole like understanding of alternate timelines, multiverse, but also a sacred timeline. Uh, yeah, it's fun sci-fi, it's fun speculation. But yet they're also leaning into their relationships, of their friends, who's important to them or not, which often what apocalyptic genre does anyway, whether it's Walking Dead or Robot Apocalypse or Aliens, whatever, it reveals it reveals to you uh, what's important to you. Within this show of Loki, it's revealing what he's really looking for in life. What is he really longing for in life? And then I find it super ironic. I was talking with Ryan about this not too long ago, that, that here is the god of, of mischief, the god of lies. He's the only one in this season who's trying to be a truth teller. He's trying to share with others what's really going on. And of course, they're skeptical and, and believe in him or not, because he's, he's the God of lies, God of mischief. But he's like, look, I'm tr he's the only one uh, trying to tell the truth and to point to something bigger that's going on, that there, there's a real threat. And so how they do that nuance with one episode to go, I can't wait to see where it lands and how they wrap up, wrap up the season. But going backwards a little bit. Okay. We were doing, uh, we were talking about like the labels thing. I also want to say. It does sometimes work backwards where you can assume someone's assuming something. Uh -huh. um, and that's one thing that happened to me on the show that really kind of humbled me, I, I suppose. Um, I am a huge Disney guy, Disney nerd, if you will. Um, you know, the 100 years thing, huge deal to me. I've been really geeking out on all of that. So excited for Wish coming out next year. Ugh, the way they're doing the cell shading, like the animation is just incredible. Um, but I uh, we, we did an episode once and someone was going on and he's like i'm going to talk about why i don't like new disney stuff and in my mind i'm like i roll this is going to be conservative christian telling me why disney only likes progressive things now and it's all going to be about that and he gets on and it's like actually they're trying to say the power is yours now and they're robbing you of understanding that sometimes you just can't do it on your own and i was like oh wait a minute that's um huh that's actually a good point and i just assumed that you were this other kind of person making labeling disney so um you know, watch your assumptions when someone disagrees about yeah. something. Some people might have a good reason not to like The Last Jedi. I haven't heard one yet, but uh, they might we, have we it. We still need to have that kind of... Yeah, Joshua, I forgive you of my suspicions. <laughs> no, and I was going to say, like, I wrote reviews throughout college when I was working for the school newspaper, and it was a lot of fun, but, like, uh, I got to a certain point where I got kind of tired of writing any negative reviews because, like, I, I mean, like, I would do it for a while, and, like, you, when you're kind of immersed in that particular culture... You get it like it can lead to a desire to, you know, have this like, you know, controversial opinion just to get um, hits or whatever. And I got really tired of that. So these days, like, even if I don't like something, I just don't dwell on it. I choose to instead just focus on the things I like. Because, like, for instance, like MCU Phase 4, like, I love Black Widow. I love Black Panther 2. Some others, I really did not like Love and Thunder, but I don't want to like, dismiss anyone who enjoys it if you enjoy that that's great like and i and i just stopped like you know and it, like and that's the thing in order i think to have more productive conversations like yeah i see these articles like the articles i really hate at the end of the year is when, is when people do like the worst movies of 2023 i'm like what is <laughs> that doing for anyone i mean like it's yeah. all you're even if you didn't like something if you're devoting that much energy to uh like putting down someone else's work and like Drawing that out, it just doesn't feel good for 
me anymore. So I've instead put more energy toward promoting okay. the things I like and writing my own stories. Yeah. yeah. At the risk of never being invited on a Thoughts of Die course, I did not check <laughs> the Love and Thunder either. Love you, Ryan. <laughs> no, and that's, I mean, but that's the thing. Like, there's definitely going to be things, even in universes we love, there's going to be properties we still yeah. really enjoy those, others are not. And that's why I just like that thing. I don't like those opinions that are just like, um, oh, Disney is ruining everything. I'm like, I can't categorize, you know, dozens of movies and shows and properties into one banner and have one single opinion on that. Like, I look at it more individual properties. I'm like, I might like this one, might not like this one as much, and that's okay. But like, I think it's just, it becomes really toxic when people get so hung up on, like, they hate this entire direction or this entire universe. And I'm just like, you know, we uh, we have so much today in fandom to enjoy. Oh, if, so if you don't, more. right. Yeah. If you yeah. don't like the, like uh, a lot of the Disney Star Wars stuff right now, that's okay. You can watch the other stuff or you can watch, you know, like there's so much out there you can enjoy. So I just, I, I think we like as a culture, it's so easy to dwell on the negative and, you know, and like they, they produce those clickbait articles and stuff. Um, whereas I think it's more productive to just highlight the things we love and share that with others. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's um, that's where uh, crossovers have a redeeming nature of of things. I, I believe personally. Crossovers. So thinking of a uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, I've this is like I've known as Josh with the wrong opinion, but I'm sorry. But I never <laughs> liked Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. I was like, this isn't Spider-Man. This is just a Superman movie, and the main character is doing Spider-Man physical things. But the character himself did not act like Spider-Man. He wasn't really a smart ass. He wasn't really like any of the stuff that he was supposed to be. Whatever. Um, anyway, <laughs> but then No Way Home happens, and all of a sudden I see these other Spider-Man join up. And the one that I actually like, I really like Tom Holland. I think he's got the, he's a high school kid. He's supposed to be a high school kid. He's got the smart kind of attitude. He's like, okay, this is funny. And then these other guys come in. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. These other guys I dismissed are also just equally as much Spider-Man in different points in their lives. And I was like, oh, man, I misjudge things and need to rewatch these. And then the other people I know that were like, oh, Tom Holland's stupid were like, Oh man, hey, I actually do see where this is Spider-Man. I'm like, yeah. And that's like that crossover, that redeeming nature. You see these things, and that's where like um some of our new shows when we get legendary characters brought in, it's like, oh, okay. It kind of can redeem some of that for us, I think. So what you're saying, Joshua, is that you can grow and evolve as a person? How about that? Yeah. Unprecedented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and and I, I also really looked up before I forget, there's other people who do this kind of stuff too. We're not about the psychicology. There's Faith and Phantom, our friend Hector. Here I uh, has um, some cards appearing in some books that he wanted to give up. He uh, give out. He often uh, goes to Comic Cons. Couldn't make this one, but goes around. He has a great podcast and does devotionals and book. What he calls himself is Chicken Soup for the Soul for the Geeky Christian Soul. Is kind of the books he writes with devotionals around these things. And then I'll make a suggestion, recommendation that whatever in your faith community you're a part of. Um, a while back in my church in South Carolina, I started a God Love Geeks book club. And basically what we did is we found, we grabbed a graphic novel or a comic book or a science fiction novel, and we read it together and then discussed it like a book group. And we go see a movie together and then talk about it afterwards. Pretty much what we're doing with Suspect Ecology. But yeah, you also have permission that if you want to start a geek club or a God Love Geeks uh, book club or group in your congregation or community of faith, I encourage you to do so just to give people permission that they are, I guarantee you where two or three gather, there are geeks there. And so you can uh, say, come geek out with me and hang out and then figure out, you know, what, what you love. And then also what, what are the questions that these um, stories are, are wrestling with and, and be a part of that. 
Guys, any other recommendations in terms of, you know, uh, stories or, or story arcs or, or groups to be a part of that can go deeper into before we do like a quick Q&A? Well, I'm going to go first. Uh, Star Wars Lower Decks, I'm pretty sure this season Star Wars, Star, Wars, Star Trek. Yeah, hey, man, the go. good one. Um, Lower Decks. <laughs> okay, yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, the, uh, the season finale, I think, came out today, was it? Or is it tomorrow? Ryan, do you know? Because you mentioned it earlier. You're the one of the band that you it up. You were picking up. <laughs> it came out what? Thursday. Okay. Ah, so it's out, and I need to watch it. I haven't seen the last episode. I saw the second to last episode. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so this season they've been wrestling with, uh, you know, the show's called Lower Decks. They're like the cleanup crew behind the real crew, basically. And um, this time they all got... Animated show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And this time they all got promotions, and they're no longer technically Lower Decks, and they're struggling with what that means for their identity and their friendship and who they are within Starfleet. And it's been a, it's been pretty pretty interesting, really fun to watch them on that journey, and it's just a really funny show. It just one of the few things that never failed to make me laugh. Um, other recommendation, Ninja Sore by Jason Aaron. We found him at a Heroes Con earlier this year. Ninja Sore. It is a ninja dinosaur. It is silly, ridiculous, fun. If you just like, one I don't think it's Jason Aaron. It's no, no, no. It's um, uh, what's his name? You're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ninja I'm gonna find his name. Okay. I think it was a Jason. <laughs> I mean, right. I like, yeah. I <laughs> listen, we'll just pretend like that's it. And Sometimes then it's not just a wrong opinion, it's just a wrong. Ah, there you are. Yeah. Jason Horn. <laughs> there there we go. Go. I told you it was a Jason. Yeah, sure, um, right. And then right. Scotty Young's Middle West. I just picked up the uh, Omnibus last it. week. I, yeah. I uh, yeah, I'm almost through it. Uh, and uh, it's been a week, and I worked 60 hours, and still somehow I've almost finished that. It is so stinking good. Proud of you. Um, he says it's his most personal work, and I was like, "How oh, is a a little fantasy story with trolls and demons going to be your most personal thing?" And I'm like, "Oh, I get it. Nice. I get it. It's good." Nice. I'm going to do a little different what I normally do. This has actually happened to me last night. Uh, the power went out at the beach house I was staying at with college friends. So what did we do? We panicked because there was nothing electronic we could do. The internet wasn't working. <laughs> oh, we had yeah. to spend time with one another. Yeah. And I know what we did is we actually went outside on the deck. And for the first time, I can remember doing so forever. I was in the sky. And since every other house had lost power, the light pollution was like next to nothing. Yeah. Got to see a brilliant, beautiful view of the galaxy out there. It was just a really good moment just seeing the, the things I don't look at anymore because I'm so consumed with other things. The, the wondrous things God made out there. Nice. Nice. Do I have a recommendation? Uh, I got a podcast recommendation. I don't know if you guys can listen to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. He's the guy who played Lex Luthor on Smallville, oh, and nice. he does this podcast where his most of the podcasts I listen to are very like conversation oriented and I like just human stories. And so he interviews everyone from actors, writers, creators, like both friends he knows, and then um, just other celebrities in the entertainment world. And the idea behind it is like getting inside of you, so like not just the surface level, like oh, how did your career start, but like he asks them really personal questions about you know growing up and how did they. Um, want to become an actor or writer or whatever and they get into like really heavy topics and I've been really enjoying that um so like I've listened to episodes of like Will Wheaton and um Brandon Rouse recently uh several others and so that's a really good one um if you need like a they're usually like hour-long episodes but yeah those are the kind of podcasts that you gravitate towards no shortage of geeky content and no shortage of podcasts out there. So many, so many cool stuff. Now, out there to our crowd here, uh, any recommendations or 
um, things you geek out on that you think lift up uh, good religious theological themes that you think would would be you know edifying for you. Yes, sir. Um, well, I'm going to go with the actually two old one one old and one burial. Okay. Doctor Who. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Doctor Who fans. Doctor Who. There we go. Sixteenth anniversary. Dark Shadows. Ah, oh, very good. That's, that's only my age now. But that's all right. The way that the main character was a vampire. Yeah. But he wasn't the evil vampire. You know, it was just yeah. the whole. It was he had family, he had heritage, and he had and people had to think. You know, is this this is not what we normally think of? Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of the original anti-hero or what yeah. you don't normally think of, lifting up dark shadows and. And Doctor Who, yeah, Doctor Who, deep, deep fandom that has lots of great things. I know, Josh, you've talked about it before. We have a friend, a professor, New Testament professor, James McGrath, who wrote a book on uh, Doctor Who and theology. Um, and so, yeah, check check that one out. Um, some of those things he's done. You know, the absolute, I think of when a good man goes to war. Um, yeah, you know, then when you think of the idea of family and a position you need to take and says, I don't want to do this. But because you do this, I am being forced to do this, reach to save my family. Yeah. To save what I consider my family. Yeah, I um the doctor being almost timeless does give him a lot of like Jesus moments. And that's what's one of the big ones. And ironically, uh, that was the eleventh doctor, I think. And that's like my absolute second least favorite, actually. I don't like the third one either. Third doctor, not not it. But um Peter Capaldi had another episode where we're talking about like those Jesus moments where he's um He's with the Zygons, which is like the shapeshifters. It's like, um, what if Secret Invasion was good? Okay. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Hey, sorry. Hey, yeah, um, I've seen nine. I've seen nine. The, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but he has this moment where the um, because it's kind of like memory, you know, sci-fi reason. Neither side really knows who they are, and they both have a button, and it's going to basically eliminate the other side. It's like here, this is a mini scale of what war is. You're going to kill everybody, and you're not guaranteed it's not your own. And it was just one of those moments where he breaks down what war is in a human condition of why we even would want something like this. And you're like, well, okay. And you're just kind of left there with this, like, insight of, oh, this is humanity. And uh, sometimes humanity isn't great. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Humans are are idiots. I I agree with the the, uh, audience. Yeah, what does it mean to be human? That's a lot of, what, are, what are these uh, properties and fandoms really wrestling with? Like, it goes deep into that. The same same stuff we wrestle with in our faith communities, too. What does it mean to be human? And at the expense of others at times, too. So how do we value the other person as the image of God uh, in our midst, too? It's important. Yeah. Um, anything else out there before we wrap up? Lee? Yeah. Um, one thing I've been geeking out on recently is this author series called Kaiju. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> so let's repeat that. Kaiju number eight is, oh, yes. a, is a manga series that Lee's geeking out on. And what is what is that bringing out for you? Well, it makes. I mean, I've read the two first volumes of it, and it really identifies with the main character before he becomes Kaiju number eight. When he's he's got everything he sort of needs, but he's still not happy. He's still right. wrestling with that existential. Can I instead of just being the guy who cleans up after the fights? <laughs> monsters and everything because he's basically a glorified janitor not really even a glorified janitor right he's just a janitor who cleans up after the people kill the monsters and then he kind of becomes a smaller but very insanely powerful kaiju. So, christian arena coming out 
fairly soon. Yeah, I'm caught up to the manga. It's uh, It has some highs and lows, ultimately highs and low. Uh, really good stuff if you're like a kaiju fan, yeah. as I go for it. Yeah. Um, oh, and also, I don't watch a ton of anime, but uh, mainly, and not anything against the medium, it's just like so many are so time consuming and beyond forever. But if you, has anyone been watching Bomb 100? I know Kyle is getting yes. out, but like, anyway, so this is a great one if you want it. Like, I know we're technically past Halloween season, but still, um, this it's only nine episodes right now on Netflix. There's a live action one as well. I'm just watching the anime right now, but the concept is that you have this guy who works at an anime CD production company and he is so overworked and hates his job and hates the mundane day to day. And then the zombie apocalypse happens and he's liberated because he's like, I don't have to go to work anymore. And so he <laughs> invents, he writes down a bucket list of things he wants to do now that he's free and um, he just has to not get eaten by zombies in the process. But so it's good. a brilliant satire. Yeah, yeah. so many creative things up there. I love it. Well, Geeks, glad you were able to come here and be with us. Thanks for being a part of this. I want to share that you can follow us on um, all the platforms. Uh, there's a few we're not on, but Instagram, yeah. uh, Twitter, Facebook, Captivate, yeah. all those things. Yeah, Facebook, and then they have our, our link tree too. So if you want to like follow the podcast or see all the other things are at, so you can find that. And then we have a table out there with yeah. uh, some QR codes and stuff, so you can find uh, you can just scan it. You don't have to go searching. Sometimes it's easy. Yep, follow us, like, smash, all that stuff. Uh, and today is Gene's birthday, so uh, go say happy birthday to Gene. Gene, let me grab that face and fan the book right there, the blue one. Give that to Gene. Yeah, there you go. Happy birthday, buddy. Yeah, so awesome. Thank you all. We'll see you around on the floor. And uh, hey, geek and me. Honors to geek and you. Yeah. <laughs>